You have to define, one, are we training right now? Or do I have a control freak on my hand that's actually truly micromanaging? And, and that takes creativity away from whoever you're coaching, inspiring, or leading. In that moment, for that instant, it collapses their creativity. This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to the Evolution. Here's Sean Black. Welcome, guys, to FM Evolution. I'm your host, Sean Black. In this episode, we are sitting down with Jim Robinson, and we're talking about the blame game. Yep, that's right. We're going to be talking about full ownership and what to do and how to get there and how your organization should be structured in order to make sure your leaders are leading at the best they can and take full ownership of their entire organization. So stay tuned. You're not going to miss this. But before that, here's a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Fluidlytics Intelligent Water Management Solution. Fluidlytics enables all businesses using water, including commercial buildings, hotels, and restaurants, to optimize and track their water usage in order to meet water sustainability goals, reduce water costs, and reduce water leakage. Start saving water and saving money. For a free evaluation with one of our technical experts, visit fluidlytics.com today. Welcome to FM Evolution. I am your host, Sean Black, and we are continuing our leadership series with Jim Robinson. Welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, glad to be here again. <laughs> Friday. Happy Friday. It is Friday. I'm so excited for that. And uh, today we're going to be talking about something near and dear to Jim Robinson's heart. <laughs> <laughs> and mine too. Awesome. Um, and so, but before we do that, in a way to uh, kind of have our audience get to know you, uh, maybe you can tell them something a listener wouldn't know about you. Uh, what would they know? So, born in Garden Grove, California. Nice. Um, not particularly raised in California, but uh, raised primarily in Wisconsin. Go go Packers. Sorry, Woo! you guys had a bad game the other day. Yes. Um, Unfortunately. But, so, I say I was raised in Wisconsin, even though I was born in California. And then I've, I've been back in California 35 years. Uh, so, I'm a California native. Nice. And um, that's probably some. And I'm a PK. I'm a preacher's kid. Nobody knows. Oh, that. see, <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me. That is a good idea. I don't think people would know that. Actually, they wouldn't know that. No. Um, so also, um, one of the things <clears throat> I love bringing up on the show is as what you're reading. <clears throat> and so for leaders out there, I think this is a great way for them to add to their book list. Um, so I wanted to kind of ask you what you're reading right now. Coaching habit. Coaching habit. Um, it has to do with. Coaching, as you know, I'm a certified coach, uh, certified keynote speaker, and it's as leaders we tend to um, we tend to uh, give more directions than questions, mm. and so I think it's really important that we stay. Uh, something has to feed us on a regular basis to keep us in check. So we so we coach from a standpoint of coaching, coachy. That's uh, so. It's a good book. It's uh, I, I read a lot of coaching books, a lot of psychology stuff, and it is. Uh, <clears throat> it just has. It just reaffirms. You know, ask more questions. Got to get ahead of the game. Asking questions is a good way of doing it. Good book. <clears throat> Adding it to my list. Coaching habit. Coaching habit. 
So today I want to talk about a subject that all leaders really face in any industry, but I think a lot in our industry as well. Um, and then, like I said, it's, I know it's near and dear to your heart, and that is ownership. And so we talk a lot about this and a lot about ownership in our meetings and our leadership meetings. Um, so I kind of want to ask you is why do you think, <coughs> excuse me, that's okay. Why do you think people blame others? For their challenges. <clears throat> well, without probably going too deep in the psychology side of this, <laughs> uh, we blame others, you know, from childhood. Yeah. You know, you, you get reprimanded from mom or dad or grandma, or grandpa or something, and that kind of changes us. We kind of come up with an idea that we can blame somebody else or denial uh, of a scenario or situation because you're going to get some kind of reprimand if you take responsibility. So it changes us. Mm. And from there, we start telling you later in life that ownership is the magic. Yes. And that becomes a very much of a fearful thing for people to, and that's part of part of evolving into, you know, management leadership or whatever, but uh, ownership's magic there. Mm. But that's why, that's why we deny it. That's why we don't take re- responsibility. Interesting. So what, so if in the leadership, because we really want to focus on leadership uh, in this series, what um, what does that process of ownership look like in a leadership role? Um, well, it's more of a responsibility, I would say. <clears throat> and in a leadership role, you know, ownership is probably what got you into the leadership role. Mm-hmm. It's you're not going to be a strong manager or leader. I say there is a difference between the two personally. Uh, but you don't go into those roles unless you have the ability to have full ownership. If you don't have the ability to have full ownership, you don't set out on that journey. It's very unlikely you're going to be rising up as a leader. You don't get to be the leader until you have followers. No one's going to follow you if there's no responsibility and ownership in the process. Yeah, They just shut you out. They ignore you or they're, they're going to blame you for problems. Do you think, and this is kind of off on the side note, but do you think new managers or new leaders struggle with this in the beginning? Uh, I, I don't think they do. At least they not in our company because mm-hmm. it's one of the things I'm pretty vigilant about watching. It's usually when I start recognizing that there's a full ownership because they're not scared. They're not scared of repercussions, right? They they say, I own this. This is my fault. I did this. And that shuts everybody down. There's no more reprimand. Yeah. There's no more, there's no a conflict of that. It's a full ownership. So I, I think that's what we watch. That's mm-hmm. what I'm looking for. That ownership thing shows up. That's my responsibility. I, I did that. If I hear those kind of words and I see that kind of action, those are the guys that are the gals that we look at and say, hey, there's a possibility for, going on we're going to start building leaders. Yeah. I like that. I think that's very, super relevant. Um, and it kind of leads me into my next question is, as those leaders now really are, you know, taking responsibility and the ownership and they're, they've grown a lot. And so they're now leading other people, right? So what kind of steps do leaders need to take to make sure that they uh, take ownership without micromanaging every process? Well, micromanaging, well, that's a fun word. With we, your team, yeah, right? Micromanaging is a fun word that came around a few years ago. <laughs> and of course, we have used the heck out of that word, and we've you know accused people from being micromanagers, and it's just a fear factor thing. Sure. Micromanaging can be construed as one of two. One is micromanaging means you're a control freak, potentially. The other one is, is micromanaging is really you're telling them how. 
Right. So is there a training thing that's necessary? You, so you really got to differentiate that. You have to, mm. you have to define one, are we training right now? Or do I have a control freak on my hand that's actually truly micromanaging? And, and that takes creativity away from whoever you're coaching, inspiring, or leading. In that moment for that instant, it collapses their creativity. In some cases, you got to take that away because you're going to train. You're going to say, here's how we're going to do this. And then you give them that criteria, and then they can come up with their own ideas and how to get it done later. Yeah. But there's a training process there. So it's the what, the how, and the why. There's three things in everything you do. You don't want to always have to tell them how. That becomes control freakish. That's micromanagement. That's where I think I sometimes some leaders, I, and I think when they're getting into new positions, <clears throat> can fall into by mistake. By mistake, because they really take ownership. They want uh, this is mine. I got it. It's my responsibility. And then I think they tend to kind of overstep sometimes with, with their team. So much like I talked about earlier, it's it's the kid, it's the reprimand, it's, yeah. it's that ownership thing. When you get into management, I always say there's a level three, which is spiral dynamics level three, the red. But it when you grow into that role, you don't want to let things go because we go right back to that fear factor of, am I going to be in trouble? Right. Is this going to cost me my career? Is this going to cost money? Is this going to cost me whatever, a relationship, a client? How am I going to fail? Yeah. And so it, it it's something you got to coach new managers through. They tend to not let things go. Um, Steve Kobe Jr. wrote, you know, Speed of Trust. I mean, you should read the book if you haven't. Everybody listening, read that book. But it's uh, it has to do with trust and what management, particularly. You're not growing if you're not trusting. Period. It's it'll control you. In your thirty four years of running this business and being in this industry, have you found that blame is a common thing? Like it happens a lot. Well, I mean, that we're at the bottom <laughs> of the food chain. <laughs> so if you look at just our industry, so the, what we offer, right, as yeah. a surface, as a service to the client, it, it's the bottom of the food chain as far as the blame, right? right. We catch the you brunt. We catch the brunt of everything. It's not understood by clientele by no means. We call it organized chaos. Uh, but it, it, we get blamed for everything. And it's the janitor, the, the missing quarter out of the desk. It's the, it, it's all of those things. It's so we, we frequently on a daily basis, we're blamed. Yeah. Right, wrong, or otherwise, we're blamed. And so uh, we talk about, you know, the ownership thing frequently because the blame's going to, it's, it's coming. That actually leads me into what I was going to ask you was how do you feel like ownership and blaming others going to play a role in facility management? Well, you kind of already addressed a little bit. Yeah. Well, facility management, uh, sometimes there's multiple what they perceive as leadership. They yeah. have titles and roles in leadership levels. role. And when you have multiple leaders making a process happen, inevitably there's about to be a failure. Mm. Virtually 100% of the time. And when that happens, the blame <laughs> shows up. goes straight to the service <laughs> provider. And that in this case, it'd be CGP. But if you have one person leading the group, giving the directions as to the, what they're expecting, yeah. there's usually 100% success to that. It's when there's several people coaching the process, non-decision making, 
then there's a failure on the way and the blame is right behind that. And I guarantee you, when you have those scenarios, we have to be ahead of that curve because we know the blame's on the way. Interesting. It's We really have to pay attention. When you have multiple people all in a role of decision-making and no one's truly made a decision, blame is just around the corner. And it happens to us regularly. Comes Dang. with the territory. It comes with the I know it. It does. Um, well, I mean, why do you think it's so hard for people to take ownership instead of going straight to uh, to blame? I mean, they're like, oh, no, 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 Sally did it. Yeah. I mean, it happens, but. Well, even in their in their adult life and in their career paths, I mean, depends on who they've worked for as managers or her, who they've worked with as yeah. leaders. If those people are always on a blame game, oh. they never, you know, if, if That's you, how it is. You, let's say you do a job and you lose a thousand bucks on something, does the manager, does the owner go at the throat and say, you know, you screwed all this stuff. Nobody's going to take responsibility in that case. We don't do that here. And right. over the years, we've had people come to me and say, holy, you know, I thought I was going to be in a ton of trouble. And you just told me it was a learning experience. And that's a very different thing for a lot of people. And yes. I mean, a lot of people have recognized and said it to me. But that's how we do things here. It's we screw up. It, it happens. Everybody does. I see that actually a lot in facility management. And some of the people we've had on the show have actually talked about that being in the facility management role, how they've made mistakes that have cost a lot of money. But because the management is understanding the process and they're they're in the same type of culture. They're like, you know what? It's, it's education. This is how you, you learn. You won't make that mistake. Not all. Yeah. Not all have done that. But I've heard that uh, from a couple different people on the show. Yeah. I mean, you, you hear people speaking all the time and podcasts and whatever, but yeah. they tell you, you got to go out and fail. There's lots of books tell you go fail. fail. I hope you yeah, fail. Yeah. I hope you fail. There's all <laughs> kinds of stuff. Uh I, I don't hope anybody fails. Yeah. I hope that you have a process. Once you do fail, that you're supported you through that failure and that you actually use it as a learning opportunity. Mm -hmm. I don't say go fail. There's a bunch of those books out there. There's a bunch of podcasts. I, I'm kind of anti that. But when you do, that's an opportunity. When it does happen, I'm not saying, I mean, you know all these guys that tell you go fail. That's, yes. that's like the big push. It's been the buzzword for the last few years. That's not my buzzword. Yeah. Uh, we have failures coming at us all day, every day. Yeah. That's what we're in the business of repairing some people's failures. Sure. And so I don't say go out and fail. I don't say make that an intentional effort or drive. So what do you say? I say go out there and correct whatever you're failing at and find the leadership that's actually going to help support a growth path through whatever those failures are. Mm. If you see them showing up a couple of times, that's probably lack of responsibility. That's lack of ownership at that point. If you have, if you have it repeating itself, right, it's a perpetual problem. It's a habitual yeah. Now you got a bigger you got a bigger decision to make mm. as managers and leaders. You got to yes. say goodbye because I'm not leading you well, or you find a new way to do that, whatever that is. How do you think that actually leads into what I was going to ask you was? How do you think that affects a company or an environment that people are working in when you have a habitual blame game going on? Ooh, habitual blaming is uh, well, it's toxic. Yes, it's gossiping. It's he said, she said. It, it, it's just toxic to a company overall. It's, you really, as as the leader, the owner, for me, it's I gotta hunt that out if I, if I hear it or see it. Yeah, 
I got to go have those hard conversations and ultimately separate because it will tear the company down. It takes everybody's focus and energy to manage those conversations and that blame game. It's a, it's, it's deadly to success on a daily, a weekly, a monthly basis. The longer it festers, the worse it becomes. I I told you earlier, we got a turf war thing. That's right. We're going to solve that problem. (laughs) We're going to nip it in the bud. We got a lot of people, new people, and everybody fights for space. But it's, uh, you got to stop it. Yeah. You got to teach ownership. You got to show ownership when that happens. And that's usually in an instant. Talk about moving all those arrows in the right direction. I think that type of behavior kind of splits people up. For sure it does. And it's not going away. I mean, businesses Uh of all walks all have it at some level. It's how fast you uh, mitigate it, how fast you shut that mess down. You got to recognize it. You got to recognize it. You got to go straight to the ownership, the responsibility. You've always heard me say, I have not me on the payroll. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Me, Mr. Me is out there somewhere. I swear we pay him a lot of money I because pay money. Yeah, because who wrecked the truck? Not me. Not me. I don't I've never met him, but I know not me is out there somewhere. Not me gets blamed a lot. Not me gets blamed a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Not me. I want to be that guy. He has all the money. <laughs> yeah. Not me's got all the money, all the time, all the vehicles. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> When you're working with a client or a team member that has a hard time passing the buck on, how can you be a good leader to influence them to change that behavior? So we now we've identified the behavior, you know what's going on, and you they're worth coaching and they're coachable. How do you help them? Coachable is the key ingredient here right. because everybody's not coachable. That's right. And those are the people we separate with. Right. If they're coachable, you just lean in. You lean in very rapidly and you support instantaneously here's recognize it don't him haw around you got to be very direct but you say here's here's what happened don't ask the why if you ever ask the why to to an employee why'd you do this johnny if you say why'd you do this you're (laughs) you're about to get a list of what you already know Mm. and all that does is create more pain and frustration so don't waste the time never ask why Something failed. What should you ask? You should simply make a statement. You state the obvious. So you say, you know, the truck was wrecked. Here's what we're going to train on, do. Here's what we're going to change. But it, it, you state the obvious. You don't ask why. Yeah. And if you state the obvious, you you support them through that. Listen, next time, just please take ownership. Here's what you're going to do. And then give them the directions of how to resolve the situation. But it's, it's a support base. And do not ever ask why. Yeah. It, it allows too much behavior to fester. I guess at that point, then you really have to kind of watch and, you know, and then kind of See if there's more coaching that needs to happen. It's ongoing coaching. Yeah. I mean, everybody, we all need it. I need it. You need it. We Every single one of us need coaching at some level. Mm-hmm. It, it could be our peers. It could be groups that in our circles. It could be your church. It could be uh, an event. It could be a seminar. All of that is coaching opportunity. Anytime that they're influencing you in your, in your, in your path, that's a coaching opportunity. Some good advice. One more question and we'll wrap up. Yeah. You ready? Let's do it. Okay. What advice would you give someone who works with the leader that doesn't take ownership? Obviously not here. Yeah. 
um, that works directly with the leader. Yeah. Well, the leader had made enough decisions then. So if if it's an ongoing problem that somebody is not taking ownership, they're at some point, I'm terrible at this actually, I'll, I'll let this go for a while because I'm a believer as a certified coach and I've been doing this a long time. Yeah. I never lose faith in people. They can mess up quite a bit with me, and I tolerate it. I take corrective, aggressive behavior. God gave me this face, and I use it because <laughs> it, it can be intimidating to some. But it's I lean on stuff pretty hard when that happens. Sure. Um, but leadership is making hard decisions. It's not being buddies. It's not being friends all the time. You can have fun, playful, sophisticated opportunities and all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you're still the leader. You still got to make the hard decisions and you got to coach people up and ask them, you know, what happened. If they can give you a clear scenario as to what happened, you can see that there's ownership in there and you can lean in on that very quickly. If you don't see that or hear that, you got to coach very rapidly. You got to ask more mm. questions to purge their system. But what if you're on the other side of that? What if you're what if you're the the person who's being led, and the person who's leading you is doing the blame? Because I've, I mean, not here, but I've worked at places when I was in my youth. Yeah. Oh man, Sean. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Um, and so it's kind of interesting. One of those things that do those people? How do you help them? Because you lead from uh, any position, right? Well, the leader's got to want help for one. The right. leader has to be able to get coached. They have to be open to the concept of coaching. If the leader's failing or something or his business or her business is failing, there's going to blame somebody. Right. Somebody's coming down. It's the mirror effect. We talk about mirror around here all the time. Go go find your mirror. Stick it at your door. Stare at that mirror for a minute. Meditate. Reflect. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you got to look at it. You got to say, wow, that okay, that's my problem. And you got to go on that deep dive as a leader. If that's a perpetual thing, then they're truly not a leader. They're a manager trying to manage people instead of managing systems. There is a difference in that. You don't technically manage people. That's a micromanaging thing. You manage systems. And if if people are not following the systems, critique the system. At the end of the day, the system's got to serve whatever your whatever the goals and ambitions are. What are what you know? What are you doing? And so keep tweaking the systems. We do that all the time. Absolutely. Shift the system. Find it so they can. But that's not truly a leader. That's not really yeah. an ownership position. I think that's tough. I know I've been in a position. Sometimes you don't know what to do. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I've had an opportunity where I've got to work with other people in the organization that helped bridge that gap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like Jim Rohn. I mean, you know that I speak of this a lot, but Jim Rohn is, he always said, when you don't know, that's when you do. Yeah. That's right? right. And then if you have to blame or, or explain, don't. Right. Because you're going into that excuse making process. If you are blaming, don't, because that's that's making excuses as well. So if you're going to blame or complain, don't. Yeah. So if you can live by those rules, if everybody lived by those rules, think of how much less crap would be said. Right. And the focus would be on growth, opportunity and effort versus I'm trying to cover my behind on a continuous basis. That's the complaining or the blaming on a continuous basis. Forget it. We talk about the choices that you have. You know, you can either blame or you can take you know, ownership. Uh, but somewhere in the way you got to change. Right. There's three different choices there. You got to own it, make a change 
or blame. Those are your three choices. Yeah, the change happens because if it keeps showing up, yeah. if it shows up, same problem two or three times, now you got to make a change. You have to shift whatever you are doing. If it's, it happens one time, so what? It was a mistake. Own the mistake, move on. No one cares. It's when you don't have, <laughs> when you don't say, <laughs> whoa, I screwed this up, and then everyone's going to go at you because they find that's the weakness. Then they go at your throat. Everybody's coming at you, and they do this in employee levels. They go right at them. And they'll, they'll go to managers, hey, that guy is terrible. You should fire him. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> you hear all of that little rhetoric thing, and it, it's just completely unnecessary. So full ownership shuts all of that down. There's, there's no more discussion. It ends. Yep. All right, so we'll wrap up. So what we learned basically today is take ownership, get full some good ownership. coaching, full ownership, look for leaders that are good coaches, find some good mentors that will help, and, uh, and read some good books. Read good books, man. Don't, don't let a day go by that you're not reading yeah. a book. Literally 20, 30 minutes a day, pick some time, read. Yep. And Do it on your a, phone or a hardback, whatever you want to do. And as a leader... Definitely read stuff on leadership so you can continue to grow. Yeah, don't waste time watching and reading dramas and soap operas and science fiction <laughs> stuff. That's right. If that's not what you're truly focused on, read stuff that's truly in your lane. You can feed the soul with whatever that is, 10 minutes a day or whatever. That's just for you. That's self-serving few minutes a day that we all need. But the rest of the time, focus on where your career path is only. Don't waste time in another space. Gary Device, Jim Robinson. Thank you for joining us again, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. Looking forward to the next opportunity. I'm excited. Uh, for everyone who is watching, be sure to click subscribe and make sure to click the little bell so you get notified when we have new videos come out on YouTube. Um, we are everywhere on the interwebs. You can find us. Uh, just look for FM Evolution Podcast. We'll come right up. Yeah, let's go. All right, Jim. Thank you so much. Have a great Friday. Thank you. Thank you.